0: Welcome, everyone, to the AI in Business podcast. I'm Matthew DeMello, Senior Editor here at Emerge Technology Research. Today's episode is the second in a special series we're calling Beyond GPU, taking a look at edge AI computing challenges and solutions with help from guests at leading vendors and super-scale global tech brands leading the most advanced hardware platform teams on the planet. Today's guest is Adam Burns, Vice President of Network and Edge, and Director of Edge AI Development Tools at Intel. Adam joins us on today's program to talk about the challenges across sectors in leveraging computer vision and the infrastructure necessary to take advantage of emerging use cases in edge computing. Without further ado, here's our conversation. Adam, thank you so much for being with us on the program this thank
1: week. Thank you, Matthew. I look forward to the conversation.
0: Absolutely. Now, we've seen, if we can say or use the word explosion, of computer vision. If generative AI and LLMs weren't the big story of the year, I think among the nerds, or at least those really entrenched in the AI space, computer vision, how far that's advanced, I'd say in the last few years, would probably be the next most impressive story if we didn't have so many people stealing the the, the limelight. But in terms of, you know, the relative relevant sectors where we see computer vision really take hold, particularly retail, manufacturing, healthcare, especially. What do you find are the biggest challenges in terms of building predictive models around hardware, particularly in manufacturing, where we see it used for predictive maintenance and much of AI adoption in this space is focused on ensuring the integrity of hardware, or at least finding out when hardware is going to fail?
1: I think the manufacturing in the industrial space is really unique in that the problems tend to be fairly unique per use case or per deployment. So if I start from the objective function of improving yield and ensuring no defects in a manufacturing line or as as few defects as possible, whether I'm producing tires or uh, engine castings, I'm going to be looking for different things in that model. And so in manufacturing... We see a lot of that customization needed where you're really having to take and kind of uh, look at specific data from your production line and really map it to the needs of that particular use case. And then I think from there, our customers tend to figure out, okay, I'm seeing certain types of defects, and now I want to look at the machinery around it to realize what are the environmental conditions that are causing it? Is it the temperature in the surrounding area? Do I have bearings on the machine that, that start to go out? Is there other sensor data that can help me with that predictive maintenance and make sure I have maximum uptime and throughput? So I think really for us, the biggest challenges we see in the manufacturing space is getting good and continuous access to the data and then having the tools to be able to allow those practitioners to really customize it for the specific use case.
0: Absolutely. And even leading into my next question, even for for what we went over by email before we recorded the show, it seems to me that maybe the major difference here, and correct me if I'm wrong, is at least between retail and healthcare is varying degrees of human beings being involved, you know, for the healthcare space, they are the patient's. And they're on the the organization side with doctors and in, in, in that expertise, the ethical concerns that you're ultimately your product, for lack of a better word, is the patient and that is a human being. And that carries all kinds of, of of greater ethical concerns. Moving over to retail, it's a bit more like the manufacturing space in that your challenges are very, you know, between the the shop floor of both sectors, very similar, almost in that for retail you're trying to gather the same information at least from the checkout from the consumer process that's happening in your facilities whereas of course for manufacturing that's all taking place on the outside and the, and only the manufacturing's taking place on the inside what are you seeing differ in terms of retail and healthcare when it comes to their use of computer vision
1: yeah i think i think in all cases you're trying to automate various tasks and then and then like you mentioned with healthcare and retail you're also trying to Improve a patient outcome or improve a patient experience or improve a customer experience, right? In manufacturing, a lot of times you're really just focusing on, especially in these high speed processes, can I add new information or data that's added to automating and operating the factory floor? And in those cases, sometimes the human is in the loop sort of at the end of the process to really optimize or, or address issues. In retail, you'll see AI used in a couple different ways. One is can I improve that customer experience? So last year with Chipotle, we and Pressy Taste we demonstrated at Intel Innovation, a use case in which Pressy Taste could look at in fast food and quick serve delivery, do I have the ingredients there I need to meet that customer demand at the point it's required? And am I firing in the back of the kitchen you know, when I need it to make sure as many people are in the line can be served, given the quantity of prepared food I have on hand? And so you really see that assisting technology to say, hey, fire up the grill now. This is the number of people in line. And a lot of times you're trying to augment what folks are doing. Similarly in healthcare, there are even requirements that you know humans are in the loop, sort of working with AI to make decisions. Uh, we've been working with Royal Brompton Hospital to diagnose or, or aid them in the diagnosis of pediatric lung disease. And in this case, they have to analyze thousands of images per patient that's very time-consuming. And so they're using AI to sort of filter out to what is most likely a negative result and and what is most likely a potential positive result in the diagnosis of the disease, and then look at a a lower number of images. And so we really see in those cases, how do we use AI in real time with the folks either managing the restaurant or or doing these diagnoses in the case of healthcare? And you sort of see that uh, interplay of of AI with the machines and the uh the person driving uh, the outcome.
0: And just in terms of even the headlines that, you know, business leaders are, are seeing out there, you know, in my view, and and maybe this is purely anecdotal, you can shoot me down if if this is not what you're seeing. But I I, I feel as though That computer vision, as as I was kind of saying in the intro to my first question, there's been at least an explosion in the capability. And I know that real-time data makes a huge difference in that regard. Is that the real catalyst here? Or is is this jump that I'm sensing in terms of the capabilities that, that, that computer vision has? Does that have to do with the technology itself or maybe more like the infrastructure around these organizations makes that computer vision data more valuable because it's in real
1: time? Yeah, I think, there's, I think there's three things that are really driving the explosion when you look at, at computer vision, especially. First, as you said, the ability to process real-time data and the performance necessary to process real-time data makes an incredible impact in the value of those AI predictions, right? And so if I, again, going back to the use case of the manufacturing line, if I can understand in real-time what's good and bad material, if I can reuse some of that material without continuing to process it and I can make that determination in real time, it's incredibly valuable. If I can understand what's happening where there's a, a potential error that's happening that's going to propagate throughout the next things I produce too, that's incredibly valuable. So that real-time processing is is absolutely critical. I think the other thing we've seen is, you know, kind of evolving from where we were with computer vision several years ago to the current state of AI models are just tremendous tremendously flexible and accurate and if i can feed a model reasonable data it's going to come out with a pretty accurate outcome and so the trust in the technology and the ability to, to really map it to my specific needs from a computer vision step, standpoint has gone through a, a major step function in in kind of the relative performance and accuracy of the models and then lastly the tools are getting better so you know the i i'm getting to the point where i can customize those models per use case I can do so with less data and, and really allow practitioners to to get in there and use their expertise. The so subject matter experts in the factory can use their expertise to to really brand these models with new and advanced tools, some from Intel, some from others. That's really moving it through the state of the art. So that real-time responsiveness makes the data and the insights more valuable. You get more accuracy and improvement in models, and then the ability to customize them to really what I need in my specific use case is improving, and it's getting much more approachable and easier to use.
0: Absolutely. And, and you mentioned customization right there. And just from your first answer, talking about manufacturing, where kind of the problem is that all the use cases are so unique. And, and it sounds like you need a tailored tool and computer vision has just caught up to the point where it can be customizable in that way to fit these individual use cases for the sector. Do I have that right? Yeah, and
1: it's not, it's not as though I have to get a million images and, and completely retrain a, a large model from scratch. The tools have improved to where I can take a small number of images, you know, hundreds or small, low, low thousands of images or even lower and really customize and fine tune that model with much fewer training resources. In some cases, I can do that on like a workstation platform. And so that's where, you know, the cost of that fine tuning and and being able to do that without having to build a new ground up model has really changed the game.
0: Of course. Now, I know this is a difficult question. Your first answer was, you know, in manufacturing, all the use cases are unique. Do they fall into basic, even food groups, (laughs) for lack of a better way of putting it, in terms of how business leaders can talk about the general challenges and where computer vision can fit in to address those challenges?
1: Yeah, I think there's different types of models and classes of AI, if you sort of start from, from that perspective. You know, a lot of what we see is sort of, you know, detection of defects. I'm looking for a specific type of defect, or I'm looking for anomaly where something doesn't look like it should. So that's kind of one class of model. Can I find a, a sort of a known defect, or can I see when there's an aberration and something's uh, not quite right? The second sort of class we see is then we start to look at using computer vision to understand understand the environment. So say either, you know, if I'm placing something on a circuit board, is there misalignment? If I'm looking at the machine itself, is there misalignment in the way the machine's operating? This is important in things like robotics, where you're, you know, you really need fine-tune fine-tune control over the system. And then we start to see other uses where we're actually bringing in different types of capabilities to augment computer vision. So we have customers that not only use computer vision to to watch the machines as well as the material they're producing. They're using audio models, as an example, to listen to bearings and make sure those bearings aren't getting out of line. They're using time series AI and machine learning to understand all the sensor and data coming through the system. And so we sort of break it down into, you know, the machine vision categories and different types of machine version. Then you have some audio processing and sort of multimodal AI, and then you sort of get the time series and the sensor Mm -hmm. data coming in as well.
0: So in your last answer, you talked about how, you know, computer vision comprises even a, a larger sense of, of sensorial gathering. I know from the auto manufacturing space that sensor fusion makes a complete difference merely in the area of driver safety and improving automatic vehicles and in self, you know, the precursor to self-driving vehicles that we're seeing take to the road right now. Is it under computer vision to blend these different kinds of sensors to gain deeper insights into what's going on, you know, in these workplaces from factories to retail outlets?
1: No, it's a good, it's a good question. So I think there's, there's a blending of how do I use more data and how do I use more modes of, of insights to, both augment the prediction as well as figure out how to, to rectify the situation, right? So if I'm using a vision system, and I'll use an example we've had in the past. We did some work with Audi in their factories in the past doing weld inspection. We also did some of this work with John Deere. So if you're inspecting welds and you're just trying to make a determination of good or bad welds, and that's your highest order function, and then you're looking at, okay, I had a bad weld. Why did I have a bad weld? well, there's a temperature element, there's how much solder did I use or how much material did I use. There's other types of sensor data coming into that system. And so what we see is is customers are able to get a more accurate prediction on the highest order and then they're able to better understand where is the problem and how do I fix it by using that other multimodal sensor data.
0: Right. And I, I think even, even a slightly buried lead in, in your last answer is just that, you know, the degree to which you're taking, you know, the sensor systems has to be tailored to the substance of the problem. And, you know, if you just need a camera to observe this and even if it's just one camera and it's not even taking video, it's just, you know, snapping pictures. And that's what gives you the data that you need to have a deeper insight into the problem that you have. That's probably all that you should do. And I, I think that really colors in, you know, infrastructure and the systems that that or the planning that goes into building these systems, at least in what we're seeing in manufacturing. I know we're going to get into a little bit more in, in terms of these models and, and how they've come up so quickly and what manufacturing leaders can take home from that. But Adam, thank you so much for being on the program this week. I think this has been very enlightening for for leaders in all three sectors.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: And before we wrap up, today's episode. I just want to promote the other stellar episodes we have in this series. Don't forget to check out our premiere with Mark Heaps, Vice President of Brandon Creative at Grok, talking about the challenges and solutions for AI hardware from infrastructure to deployment. Very comprehensive episode going through every stage of the process, especially for developing generative AI models, which I know is a hot topic right now. Coming up next in the series on September 23rd is Peter Tu, Chief Scientist for Computer Vision at GE Research, talking about general manufacturing challenges, especially when it comes to leveling up computer vision operations through foundational models. Then we close out our series with Gordon Wilson, CEO of Rain, talking about finding ROI for AI at the edge. He has some really cool use cases on that episode for industrial robotics and smart retail. On behalf of Daniel and the entire team here at Emerge, thanks so much for joining us today, and we'll catch you next time on the AI and Business Podcast.